0: talking about the goodness of God, we have been a month and a half now, because there's so much about the goodness of God, you just got to keep talking, got to keep talking, got to keep talking about it, but last Sunday night, we looked at a scripture, and it's Moses talking to God, what was the reference to it, Tim, I haven't even got the reference here, 18, 33, 18, yeah, Exodus 33, 18. So, and in the scripture, Moses says to God, show me your glory. And God says to him, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And we were saying last Sunday night that it's really hard to know the glory of God, what's in the glory of God, if you don't understand the goodness of God. First of all, we've got to understand the goodness of God to understand the glory. And I was saying that, you know, a lot of people just, you know, want the signs and the wonders. And and we said how we went through that for years, where we, you know, we had all kinds of manifestations and gold dust and you know, all kinds of miracles and signs and wonders. But at the end of the day, so many people saw those things, but they're gone now. I mean, they saw the glory of God you know we saw clouds come down in the meetings we saw oil form on people's hands and we saw sick bodies healed and and it was great to come and see those things but if that's all we are a spectator sport we don't really get an understanding of the goodness of god then we don't have the longevity when there aren't the miracles when there aren't the the big fancy things going on when it's just like you me and god and we just got to walk this out we've got to get a revelation of the goodness of God we've got to get a revelation of the character of God in his goodness so that when things aren't so good when things are a bit tougher you know we have that durability that long distance we have to get a revelation of God's goodness and this morning I want to talk about what about the goodness of God in you do you know that we we are made in the image of God is that right We're made in the image of God. And, you know, we too need a revelation of the goodness that God has placed in us so that then we can get a revelation of the glory that God has placed in us. See, if we understand how good God is, then we'll understand that inside of us is the very image of God waiting to get out. Therefore, inside of us is the very glory of God waiting to come out. And many people will go, oh, I I want the glory of God to come out of me. I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to do this. I want to do that. Do you know what? The glory of God inside of you is completely unique and individual and precious and beautiful and wonderful, and it has an expression that this world needs, that this earth needs, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Just turn that down a little, Lise, please. You know, I was talking... um, just someone I think it was Steve yeah we're talking about this eagle that's on the land and you know we have our own eagle Luke since you've been gone Mm -hmm. he lives here in that tree out there he lives there and I was on the land with Phil and you know I'm looking for this eagle because like you know this is like Phil thinks it's crazy, but I always think it's a sign from God when I see an eagle, like, oh, there's an eagle, God is with us, or something like that, you know. And anyway, so we're on the land, and I saw the eagle soaring across the sky. And I went, Phil, look at that. It's awesome. And Phil goes, there's an eagle in all its glory. And like it hits me, it's like there is that eagle manifesting everything that God had created within it, in its fullest glory, I mean, just gliding across that sky, it was manifesting the glory that God had placed within it, the fullness of that glory. Everything, every part of creation has a manifestation of the glory within it, and that includes human beings more so. Because we're made in the image of God, how much more should the fullness of our glory be manifested to everyone that we see everywhere that we go. Amen. You see, right from the beginning of time, the enemy has wanted to destroy that. He's not so much interested in destroying you. He's interested in destroying the image of God. He wants to wipe the image of God off the face of this earth. And every time another person gets born again, and they start to realize that, that I am made in the image of God and the glory of God begins to come out in them through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the redemption of Jesus Christ. We come back into that relationship with God. We get restored within us and the glory, the very image of God, again, begins to be restored to the earth. You know, he just wants to wipe that. He just wants to, he wants to slow you down, stop you. He wants to get you distracted. He wants to do anything he can so that glory doesn't come to its full glory. All its glory. He doesn't want you to go from glory to glory to glory to glory with every increasing glory into the very image of Christ. He wants to cut your glory short. You know what I'm saying? Just stay where you are. It's nice there. It's cool. there. Like, it's just, do mm. Don't, 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 you know. And we pull back, we pull back, we pull back. But God's got so much more. You know, and to get the key to this, we have to understand. You know, we have to go back to the beginning. That we were created in an environment. We were created in an environment, and that environment was called Eden. See, Eden. It was more than a garden. So this is what this is what Eden represented. So you understand, God wanted to create man but first he created an environment for man to be in and woman yeah and, but it you know we say the garden of eden but it was more than a garden it was more than a garden it represented this listen to this a state of pure complete and unbroken fellowship between God and man eden was a place of pure complete an unbroken fellowship between God and man. Eden was a special spot on earth that God chose where the unseen worlds touched the seen world. The unseen world of God touched the seen world, where the spiritual met the physical. It was an open door between heaven and earth, a place where the presence of God was with man. Eden was more an environment than a location. You get that? And within that environment, Adam and Eve not only found the presence of God, but within that presence of God, they found their own purpose. Because man tended the garden... He had to work the garden. I mean, he wasn't just sitting around sucking grapes. I mean, you know, you get this idea of man just laying back by this and Eve just giving him the grapes, and he's just like, great, this is great. You know, this is the garden. But God gave him, you know, toil the garden, work the garden. There's this place of complete fulfillment in each one of us that we need to discover within our purpose that we'll never find outside of the presence of God. It's that place of knowing who we are. You see, by God's design, Adam was the steward of the garden and the master of the created order. That was his glory. God gave him glory to glory to glory. Look at this. The glory of man was to expose and manifest God's nature and character through the exercise of dominion of the earth by his inherent gifts, talents, and abilities. So what was inherent within Adam and Eve, they were given dominion over the earth and they were supposed to express who they were to the earth, amen? It says in Genesis 1:28: God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Now, most of us would say be fruitful just means have babies, right? That's fun. I love that part of it. Have babies. Have babies. Have babies. More babies, Jilly. More babies. More babies, Candice. More babies, Candice. But the word fruitful actually means, listen to this, to bring out that which is on the inside to expose the hidden glory. When he says to be fruitful, he says to bring out that which is on the inside and expose the hidden glory. Wow. So powerful, isn't it? Being fruitful is being productive as well as reproducing oneself. So it's being productive within ourselves and then it's reproducing ourselves, not just in, you know, natural children, but reproducing ourselves in spiritual children in in, inheritance and all those kind of things you know we think about an apple tree I just got some apple trees no I got orange trees and lemon trees I went into Coles they were $35 and I thought I just got to get one you know just got to get one lemon tree then I went back a few days later they were down to $25 Oh, shall I get one more I'll just get one more and then I went back a few days later they were down to $10 I'll get some for the kids. And I went to go and grab the $10 ones, and the guy goes, you might want to wait a minute. I said, okay. And he puts the sticker on, $2, $2, $2, I bought another four, because I just said, I'll have more. And so I had these trees, right? Now, they're lovely, and they're gorgeous trees. You know, they're beautiful. But the full glory of that tree, what's gonna gonna happen to that tree? When I put it in the ground, and if I keep all the bugs away and I feed them and everything like that, one day there's going to come a lemon or an orange on that tree, and that tree will be in its full glory. You see? But everything, you know, the full glory of that tree is in the tree. Is that right? The full glory of that tree is in the tree, but you can't see it. Everything needed to produce apples is already in an apple tree. Everything. But until the fruit appears, the full glory of the tree is not displayed. You ever feel like, you know, your apples are still not? You know what I mean? In fact, in Matthew 21, 19, Jesus cursed an unfruitful fig tree. You know, fruitfulness is really important to God. And in Luke 13, 6 to 9, he, he tells a parable about a vineyard, owner owner, who tells his servant to cut down a frig, a frig tree, frig, you frig tree, to cut down a fig tree that hasn't produced fruit for three years. So he tells him to cut it down. It's my question here. Are you producing fruit? Are you fulfilling the fullness of all that you were designed to be this is what God was kind of saying to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. This is what he was saying in effect, just to break it down. Adam and Eve begin in this garden and I want you to have lots and lots of children. Just have lots of them. I want you to raise a righteous seed who will grow up loving my presence the way that you do. And then I want you to then duplicate this paradise, this Eden of my presence over and over and over until the whole earth is filled with my glory. That was what they were supposed to do. But only in his presence could they be fruitful and multiply. They needed the right environment to be all that God intended. And we know that, you know, the sneaky serpent came along and and robbed us of that. And we were shut outside of the garden and we fell away from God and then thank God you know when Jesus was hanging on that cross and he said these words it is finished the veil in the temple that kept the presence of God separated from us was ripped in two and the presence of God Eden came out from behind the curtain and came again to be with man. God himself, his presence, came to connect with his creation again. That's why when we say you're born again, the glory has been recognized inside of you. The very goodness of God that's been inside the tree, that hasn't come to fullness. The light of God has shone on it. The eyes, the blue eyes are gazing in the soul and finding the very, very core of your being and who you are and what you're called to be and what you're going to do. And the full manifestation of your glory on the earth is like a book that's been opened and God begins to read your story. So awesome, isn't it? You know, in the presence of God, you can now experience the glory for which you were created. How awesome is that? This is not just like, oh, I'm born again now. I go to church. I'm a Christian. Isn't this great? No, there's so much more than that. This is amazing. This is a mystery. This is incredible. The image of God inside of you is waiting to come out. Your tree is waiting to bear fruit. Inside of you is this incredible mm, gold factor that the world is waiting for, and there's only one of you ever, 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 ever been created, one like you, one, only one. And if you don't display your full glory on the earth or your glory to glory to glory, then the earth misses out. How many people have buried their glory in the dirt at the end of their life and never, ever come to. I did this funeral once. I'll never do a funeral. Well, I will, I suppose, but I don't like doing funerals for people that I don't know. I don't like doing funerals anyway, but people that you don't know. And so they said, well, you do this funeral, you don't know this guy, but we just need a minister. Yeah right. I was a quick, three hundred bucks, I suppose. And then so I just turn up, and you know, and and I try to talk to the family beforehand to make it personal. You know, I want to make this personal. I want this is about this guy, and he's died, and I want to talk to family, I want to talk to friends. So tell me about him. You know, some stuff I can say, write down some personal things. Oh gee, he was real good at bowls. Oh okay, he's good at bowls. Yeah mate, he can drink a pint or two. Yeah drink a pint or two i mean really at the end of the day this guy is going to the grave and he could play bowls and drink a pint or two and that was it literally they were like "Mm, there must be something else we can say not really imagine living a whole life and on your gravestone it's just like here i lie i played good bowls and drank a good pint It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. You know that every day we enjoy the benefits of someone else's glory? Every day. You don't sometimes you don't even realise it. For instance, this morning, who had Wheaties? Or Wheaties? Wheat Yeah. Like porridge. Anybody use a spoon this morning? Cup of tea? I had my cup of tea with my little teaspoon. Will ever think about where the spoon came from? I mean, we just take it for granted. We're, oh, it's good, spoon. Open the drawers, hundreds of them. But at some stage in some person's life, someone had to go, you know what? I'm over this finger thing. And there has to be a better way. And then God downloads a piece of glory into that person. They go spoon (laughs) and every day we partake of that person whoever he may have been or she a piece of their glory what about the zipper ever thought about the zipper I mean we just like zip zip I mean we don't think about it ever think about a zipper I mean ever tried to fix one I have you know what you know you sew the end so that it won't go down and all that I've done it numerous times Especially in the old days, I mean, when we wore those stagger jeans, like we wore these stagger jeans, they were called staggers, and they had the, do you remember? They had the big baggy legs like this, like that, and then they came right up here, talk about high-waisted man! you don't know high-waisted, and they had the big band like that, so you just could not breathe at all, and we didn't have stretch fabric in those days, no, no, no stretch fabric, and they had to be skin tight. Or you couldn't go out. So you would lay on the bed, pull them up, right, pull them up, yep, yeah. get the coat hanger, hook it in the, and yeah, get the zipper up and then you'd fling your legs <laughs> and there you go, it's like that and you never sit down all night or go to the toilet for goodness sake because there's no coat hangers in the toilet to do your pants back up. <laughs> Oh, So funny, <laughs> but somebody invented a zipper. And you know the amazing thing is that do you know that zippers? <laughs> this is really this is really scientific, Jessica. Concentrate. <laughs> that zippers are actually the exact design of birds' feathers. That that God, when he created birds' feathers, he created them to interlock in a certain way, that they interlock so tight that they actually waterproof the bird. And the birds kept safe from the elements through the interlocking. So that the person that created the zipper got the idea from God. It's a bit of glory there for you. So every time you do a zipper... You're exercising someone's glory. I mean you're partaking in it. <laughs> <laughs> <So not>. Zipper <laughs> Zipper. I don't know. Anyway. What about like art I'll change the subject now. What about artworks? You know, like how many people have just like and let me let me just say this. In manifesting the glory of God within you, do you know there are seasons of glory? You know, the Bible says it goes from glory to glory to glory to glory with ever-increasing glory. And you might come to a season of your life and the glory that you were exhibiting seems to be like, you know, it's just like, you've hit a ceiling, it's sizzled out, it's like, but God is new every morning. And something new, a new glory is awaiting you. You don't have to live in the same manifestation of the glory within you forever. You know, like, and keep going back to that place and say, well, it used to work. It used to make me feel good or it used to, you know, that's why the world is in such a mess because they try and, you know, hang on to their beauty Say. You know, and a beautiful woman would go, Oh my glory is my beauty, and then they get two wrinkles and it's the end of their life because it's the end of my glory. You know, or they you know their figure is their glory and they put on two kilo and they want to kill themselves because it's just like that was my glory. But God is his glory within you is unlimited. It's it's an unlimited glory, it's an unlimited expression. It's the image of God, for goodness sake. So how many facets within you are there in your lifetime to express? How many, how many places of undiscovered treasure are inside of you yet to be experienced that haven't even been tapped into yet, but you never find them because you never get in the presence of God to get there? You know, and this is the key. The key is this. You have to get in the right environment. You have to get in the right environment to find out who you are and what your purpose is. You have to get to Eden. You have to go to Eden. You have to go to the environment, not the location, but the environment of the presence of God. And let God download. You. Who are you for this season? You know, and so like about five oh, I don't know some 5 years ago it was about 3 or 4 years ago you know i'd come to a ceiling in in my in my life and you know after years of ministry raising kids and all that kind of stuff well, what's my glory now oh my glory was raising the children i was the glorious mother i was i was I lived in that i mean i sucked the juice out of that man i was going to be the i read every book i poured myself into my kids you know i just Mm, motherhood is my glory. Well, what happens when the kids are having their own kids and all of a sudden you're not a mom anymore in that sense? You know, what happens? My glory, you know? And then my glory was building this church and pioneering and partnering with Phil. and, blah, 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 blah. You know, about four years ago, I got to this place. Well, mm, I'm not really, like, glorying in the motherhood thing. I'm, I, you know, part, sort of past that. And we kind of built this place and it's like... And I started to feel like, well, God. And I'm thinking, you know, what is it? Will I travel the nations? Will I do this? Will I do that? And God just said to me, you know what? What's something that you've wanted to do that you've never really done in your life for you? Just something for you for a change. I mean, you're always, you, the kids, the church. What about you? It's like, is it something that makes you live? And I just went, hmm. always wanted to paint. You know, never even tried, never picked up a paintbrush. Pick up a paintbrush, he said. Paint. And I remember just starting, the first time I just put that paint on that canvas, I felt like, whoa. It's like tapping into something inside of me that was just dormant. And all of a sudden, it was like I knew how to paint, and I didn't know how to paint, but I knew. Because it was in there all the time just waiting to get out, you know, and now a couple of years later, like, I'm selling my work. It's just like, it freaks me out every time I do a painting. I look at it, where the heck did that come from? I have no idea. It was just in there and it just came out because I got with God and God spoke to me and God revealed something new for me for this season of my life and that's such a joy for me. You know, it's just such a joy to be able to do that. I'm thinking about, like, Like Jamie, you know, in Africa right now. And, you know, I remember her being little and just crying over Africa and crying over compassion ads and saying, settle down, Jamie. It's okay. I've got to build an orphanage for the children. I just have to. She's only little, you know. And then someone prophesied over in high school, some guy from Africa, and, you know, she was crying, crying, crying. And as she walked out the door, he said, Africa needs you, sister. Africa needs you. We need you in Africa, sister. I heard God speaking to you, and that day in high school, she knew that God had placed a seed within her, within her heart that had been there since she was a little girl. You know, and she waited, she waited, she waited, and now she's 24 years old and she's in Africa for the first time, right now. You know, and as a mom, I want to just wrap her in cotton wool and hide her away and keep her safe. You know what I mean, and not send her to those weird places. But I tell you this. What would I be doing if I stopped the glory of God being manifest in that girl's life, do you know? And she said, said, as weird and as culturally weird as it is over here and it's cultural shock that I'm getting, but she said, I look into the face of these little black children and I feel home. I feel this sense of home because she's this glory. We all have such an incredible manifestation of the glory of God within us. There are seasons of that. Please, get in the presence of God. Find that season. What about, you know, I, I go into Phil's you know, office and it's just like books, 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 everywhere. You know, and whenever I just want to, you know, do a sermon or something, it's just it's thousands of books on these subject. and I just think, wow. And I look around at those books last night and I thought, within every one of those books is someone's glory, someone's Someone has poured themselves into that book so that they can bring forth the glory of God on the earth. You know, my question today is this to you. Have you read your story? Have you read your story for this season? You know, the Bible says that he, in Psalm 139, he says he writes every day down. Every day is written down before it even starts. It's, it's in his book. And, and he's up there, he's up there, and he's opening the book. He's going, Wow today. Today's the day I'm going to download something. Today's the day I'm going to download something to so-and-so. And And then he goes, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. You know, well, quick, 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 quick. Oh, they just got to wait till they finish work. Okay. Just got to wait till they have dinner. All right. All right. Get the kids to bed. All right. All right. All right. Okay, come on. Oh, no, they've sat in front of the TV. Oh, God's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. I've got mm, it's today. It's today. I'm about to. Glory, glory to glory day, and oh, they're going to bed. All right, maybe tomorrow. And you know, and I mean, that was written in the book, but did we read it? Did we go and have story time with Daddy? You know, did God read us our page today? This guy here is. This is a little story. Here's a glory to glory book, and um, this is called a better bow. Matt Matt McVerson is known as a man with a great passion for God. His love is to minister the gospel through music and leading worship. However, after being handed a $15 check for a weekend of ministry, (laughs) welcome to the ministry, um, he realised that it would be a very challenging way to support his family. Soon after that experience, the Lord gave him this wonderful promise. I'm going to prosper you in business so you can be self-sufficient in ministry. The following is a brief report of God's faithfulness to that promise. Matt's approach to life is refreshing, as he is bothered by mediocrity. Anybody bothered by mediocrity? (laughs) The thought of being average is frightening. It should be to every Christian, actually. He has no desire for fame or power, but refuses to be passive with his life. He wants to make a difference. His love for God has created a passion for excellence and creativity that is admirable. One day, God spoke something to him him that would forever change his life. How many moments do we miss because we haven't gone to Eden? You know, life-changing life-changing moments in our busy world because we just don't stop and get into the environment for which we were created for, to hear the voice of the one who holds our life in his hands. One day, God spoke something that would change his life forever. He said, I know every answer to every problem in the world, God said to him. If men would only ask me, I would give them the answers. Matt was overwhelmed with the promise and the sense of awe he had for God at that moment. He dropped to his knees and cried out to God about the things that concerned him. As a young man, Matt developed a hobby of making and shooting compound bows. He obtained the of archery, which grew while hunting with his father and brothers in the early years. Following the revelation about God having the answers to every issue in life, he asked God about how to build a better bow. He knew hundreds of ways not to build one, but wanted to take God's invitation and ask for answers for any problem. Several weeks later, at around three o'clock in the morning, he woke up seeing a piece of paper just suspended before his eyes. Um, It looked as though it was torn from a notebook. On it was a sketch of a compound bow, revealing a new concept. When his wife, Sherry, asked him what he was doing, he said, I don't know, I think I'm having a vision. He just wasn't used to it, you know. And he was. In response to his prayer, God gave him the initial concept for what would eventually launch the Matthews Archery Company, changing the archery industry forever. Compound bows had an intrinsic problem with them. They have two cams or pulleys that must be Properly synchronized to get the bow to work correctly. The idea that God put on the suspended sheet of paper was a whole new concept of bow design. It was a single cam bow that eliminated the synchronizing issues. The idea alone turned the archery industry upside down. <laughs> Today, Matthew Incorporated, Matthews Incorporated, is the largest archery manufacturing company in the world. They not only sell volumes of bows, and it just goes on and on, how, how creative. And then, and then he thinks, okay, well, if it works for the bow, it can work for something else. And he started seeking God about other things. He's now come up with 20 patterns that is licensed to him. One of them was a specific way to build a guitar. And he built a guitar. It's called the McPherson's guitar. It's sold all over the world now. It's another incredible thing. You know, tell us the background story of this guy, how he was just like a panel beater. He was like a panel beater in this, you know, and he had to share this factory bay, because he couldn't afford his own factory bay, and the, with another guy. And he was walking in one day, and he sees this guy just scratch this car that he was fixing, put a deep scratch in it, and he said, what are you doing? He said, oh, you know, I just need a bit of extra cash, so I'm scratching this Guy's car, so I can do some more work, and I'll just tell him that there was another scratch on it. He said, "But that's you know totally dishonest." Yeah, yeah, you know, things don't come easy, do they? You know. And the guy said to him, "I'm going to prove to you that you can be honest and good and godly and Christian and still succeed in business." Now today, he has companies all over the world. And that guy is still in his same factory base struggling to make a dollar. Because God, his goodness rests on goodness. You know what I mean? And because this guy could get with God, there's, there's other stories in here. It's compelling. It's a great book, Dreaming with God. Just getting with God and letting God bring out dreams in you. I think, you know, Frank Flannery, I just can't shake it. That There is an invention still inside of you. I just think, like, crazy, there's a crazy inventor waiting to come out, and I think this season of your life, I think get with God, I think God's going to give you some creative idea that could even make you a lot of money in these last, you know, in these these formidable years, you know, these formidable years, you know, that God's going to bless you. Why wouldn't God bless Frank Frank Flannery with a creative idea when he's, an in, you know, he invents stuff that's amazing? you know, there's, there's stuff inside of us, isn't there? There's, there's stuff inside of us. There was this one guy in this book, he had um, a homeless youth shelter. And he got these homeless youth and sat them down and said, like, the reason why you're homeless, the reason your life's a mess is because you're, you're in a hopeless place. You've got no vision. What I want to do is I want to do this experiment. I want us to wait on God and see what God says to you of what... You know, let's dream in God. So he got these youth and he got them dreaming God. Two of the young guys came up with an idea for a toy. And they wrote it down and the guy said, this is amazing, we're going to send it to this big toy manufacturer. They sent it to the toy manufacturer. It was some sort of um, flying object that defied gravity. And they sent it to this toy This guy, this toy manufacturer ate it up. These kids, These kids became millionaires. But you know what they did? They began to sow all their money back into the streets to get other kids off the streets, to give other kids dreams, and they started to teach other kids how to dream. You know what I mean? Like, God is creative. He's amazing. He's incredible. There's so much that's inside. Oh, look at you, you know, Christine, this season of your life. I mean, you're just like a blossoming flower that's just, you know. When I first met Christine, like, wasn't it years ago, she's really, really overweight, and, you know, really sad and depressed and she had no vision, she had, you know, and God gives you this idea, you can do this, you can lose this weight, you can get fit. Not only did she lose the weight and get fit, she became a trainer and instructor to help other women lose weight and get on diets. And, and I mean, look at her, she's a spunky mummy and bright red hair, I mean, she's out there, she's shining all the glory, you know what I mean? But, but God gives us that. God gives it to us. You know, some of you are in jobs that you hate. You just do it because it's money, you know, whatever. But inside of you, there's a creative idea that God wants to unlock, you know. The manifestation from glory to glory to glory. Some of you are just like, seasons in your life right now where you're just like I don't know who I am now at this season of my life, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing I don't know, like I was glorious and now I'm you know my light's gone out and I don't know who I am right now you need to get into the presence of God if I could just have the worship team, that'd be great you know okay Let's take a fish, I'm just about to get some fish because I got a fish tank. Now if I took a fish and I just put it on my back porch in my budgie cage, like how would it go, you reckon? Yeah, it would, would the budgie eat it, I reckon, (laughs) oh yeah, no they're not meat eaters. But if I took my budgie and I put it in the fish tank, how would that go? Not real good. What about if I took my red sports car and drove it into my swimming pool? Don't know how that would go. Because everything that God has made, created or allowed to be created has its own environment where it's gonna be, it's gonna express the fullness of what it is in that environment. Now I put fish in a fish tank and they're just like in their glory. They're just, in that right environment, they can function. I put a budgie, I'd rather not say in a cage, it's not in its full glory. Set them free. Mm. I have done that with a few nasty budgies, by the way, Julie. (laughs) I had one that used to bite me all the time, I accidentally set it free one day. But, um, you know, in its right environment, like that eagle, you know, gliding through the Sky in its right environment, it's all its glory. And every day we just get up, we go through the same routines, and we go to bed, and we think, "Mm, another day, you know. But if we could just realize, instead of turning on that TV tonight, why don't I just get into Eden? Why don't I just create an environment around me where God can come? Maybe tonight is a life-changing moment for me. Maybe tonight I'm going to download some idea, some vision. Some, something that God's going to give me, you know, that will change my life, change my life. Maybe, maybe today is the day, you know, if you're frustrated, if you're saying, no, God, there's got to be more than this, there's got to be more. Nikki, there's a new glory coming right now. You know, I can see, you know, that frustration inside of you, it's like you've left there but you haven't arrived there, you're in the middle somewhere of something, And kind of like in this nowhere land, it's like, I know I'm not there, but I know I'm not there. And you can't even see there. So you're just like, I'm just stuck. But the thing is that God wants to open your eyes in that, if you get into the presence of God, he's going to open your eyes to see there. You know, you might see yourself married, a couple of kids and, you know, in this another glory stage. And this is what happens when we lose vision, you know, We, we... People fall into depression and they, they, they lose sight because all they can think about is now and where I am and I'm stuck and they can see their past and they can see their present, but they can't see their future. And it's the key to vision, the key to seeing, the keys to eyes open is found in the presence of God. It's found in the right environment for you. Environment. Everyone say environment. There was a song that we used to sing. Um, back in back in the old days, and it says, in, in your presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence, oh, Lord, my God. In your presence, that's where I belong, seeking your face, touching your grace, in the cleft of the rock. In your presence, oh, God. Let's just stand to our feet. Father, we want to come this morning into your presence, even, even this morning, why don't you say, God, here I am. That's why it's important when you come into church to just lock straight in, find that place, find that environment where you live best. You know, maybe you've been out in the back paddocks of life and just going, oh, I've been in some pretty heavy environments, but I need to come into the garden. I need to come into that place of rest and restoration and find myself again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, come in. Just press in right now. Just close your eyes. Just find God for a couple. find our purpose, God, where we're going to find the new season, where we're going to find, God, even the glory in this season, God. Father, we ask you, God, as we come into your presence, that you would speak to us, that you would show us dreams and visions, that you would download to us our plans and the purposes for our lives. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.